Hey guys, welcome to the Fuck Around and Find Out podcast. We have a special episode for today. It's going to be a Fuck Around and Find Out Wednesday. It's kind of a makeup podcast, uh, just for fun. We have somebody that wanted to come on. Uh, this is going to be Sir Jackalope. You might know him from the Discord. He royalty. A, yeah, right? We haven't had royalty on here. Like, no. Well, no, we First. had Princess. We had the Princess oh, of Chocolate. True. Yeah, that's we right, did. And uh, he grows a lot of gourmet, and his gourmet mushroom grows look pretty kick-ass. So we thought we'd bring him on here and let him entertain you all for a little bit. So, Jackalope, introduce yourself, buddy. And crickets. Oh, and boy. And crickets. Hello. And crickets. They're looking his up. Oh, he's yeah. live. Oh. Oh, I guess uh, I can't let my screen time out and go black. <laughs> oh, shit. Well, hey, I said hi to you guys again, even though we had our little discussion beforehand. But it's too late. Going, you ruined guys? it. Yeah, yeah you, said, right. you were, you were yeah. supposed to introduce yourself. Introduce yourself. All right, let's, start, let's like... start over. Start over. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. Yeah, actually, I could totally like clip this out if you want. No. Why bother? <laughs> yeah. Exactly. This is pretty on par for us. Right. This is professional. We're professionals. Keep it on the fly. So, no time. All right, bud. Introduce yourself. How did you get into uh, gourmet mushrooms? What brought? What made you want to grow 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 maize to begin with? Grow maize. Grow maize. Grow maize. Well, I mean, it. I didn't. I didn't get into gourmets until after I went through uh, my first uh, active phase, which is maybe like for about a year. So, gourmets. do you want me to talk about that at all, or should I just go straight into gourmets? Dude, you talk about you whatever you talk want. Talk about whatever you want, yeah. buddy. Yeah, so I got into actives first. And actually, it was funny. I was on your Discord and just saw uh, one of your one of the members talking about starting off with UV tech. <laughs> the good old Uncle Ben's. Oh, oh, I know you guys know that Jesus. word, too. Yeah, <laughs> it hurts. So... But that that's not what got me started. I I actually bought from what is it, Midwest Grow Kits or what Yeah, yeah, they work. They're not they're not sponsoring us. Unfortunately. But they should. I can tell whenever his screen dies, because look at the uh yeah, the audio on it. Oh man, I gotta I gotta keep staring at that or fix this. That's an Apple device, that's why. It's not an adult computer, it's designed for kids. I have an Apple motherfucker. Well, you're a child. Nobody's yeah. going to. But not I read a at a fifth person, grade level. Listen. <laughs> I was like, not a single person that listens to this is going to ever argue that any of us are adults. Yeah. Right? Like, I thought I was an adult once. My child even thinks I'm not an adult. She just war cried because she's LARPing that she's Sonic the Hedgehog. And he has a war cry for some reason. Interesting. I remember that in the video game. Man, she really loves <laughs> yeah. that Sonic the Hedgehog, huh? Oh, uh, I don't know why. It's just a phase. All right, buddy. Let's talk about yeah, your I, mushroom. Yeah, I turned the uh, I turned the thing off, so it won't the screen won't go off. Beautiful. There you go. Oh, I can do that much. Problem solved. <laughs> so anyway, yeah, I went sporcer in straight into PF Tech jars, uh, all the way through with the perlite and everything and tubs, and then uh, you know I had success. I think was all four or whatever i got and while i was while i was waiting for those i started watching videos more and that's when like 
of course, the algorithms brought up the UV tech thing. So I saw it. I had to try it. I didn't have a pressure cooker or anything. So I did it. And, you know, it was pretty much half and half, but whatever. What strain were you using? <laughs> uh, I did. I started off with the classics pretty much. So I started off with Golden Teacher, B plus uh, or B positive. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> hey, I've heard it. I've heard that fight many times, man. And I, I think either way is cool by me. So I don't care. I like B <laughs> And then uh, I, and some, the uh, Spore Works Penis Envy. And uh, I got some AA plus and those were totally contaminated from them. So I didn't, I didn't use I never grew those out. Did you email them? Because they will send you a replacement within like three days. I had no, I was so new, man. I was just like, I couldn't figure out why. I didn't realize till probably a year after growing. I was like, oh, that's why those things didn't work. When I started being able to, you know, identify bacteria or uh, contaminants and things. So I just thought I was doing something wrong. I was brand new to the thing, you know? Right. So whatever. A little lost, but that's fine. And It does uh, take skill to mess up a PF tech, though. It does take <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah, that's true. So it could have been me, but honestly, I I found that syringe recently and tried putting it on agar, and it just I mean, it was a couple a couple years old at this point, and it just totally uh like didn't do anything. It just kind of looked like water, like that bacterial watery white stuff on uh, top. Slime. Yeah. Yeah. You'd have to get antibiotic agar. You'd have to get antibiotic agar for that. Right. <laughs> yeah. So huh? that's yeah, good. that's that was my active phase, the first one, and I just you know I did it so I could. Uh, I wanted to try microdosing. I was kind of depressed. I was a new father and trying. Baby how to... Yeah, you had your and... postpartum depression. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah. I think right. I heard they have that for men, so maybe. <laughs> well, it happens when you're in a relationship, you'll pick up the hormones. People's hormones tend to balance out with their mate quite a bit. Yeah. It's, it's no wonder weird. every girl I ever date is just fucking crazy. Well, right? It's just you, dude. You have a fucking fucked up hot crazy matrix. <laughs> Listen, if I see red flags, I know that's my future ex right there. <laughs> Daddy issues? Yep. Come to me. Yeah. You guys want to know something terrible? Dude, what? I tried to get these new. Uh... All right, I hear it. I tried to get the these uh, this agar done before I got on with you guys. So I made two. Yeah, yeah. So I made two of them, and it everything just started going later and later. You know, with the kids and all that. So uh, right now it's on. They're on the stirrer, and I'm probably gonna have to pour it while I'm talking to you guys. <laughs> well, you know, deal. yeah, I would not recommend that only because you just talking like that, you're gonna tam out half of them. You can just yeah. put them somewhere and put them in boiling water again, and they're they're already oh, sterile. Yeah, yeah. You don't need yeah. to, you don't need a rush, man. They go back to liquid really easily. It's, right. What is it like like 185 degrees or something like that? Like I don't even think it's that high to be honest. Is it? Uh, I think it depends. Like, are you using that uh, telephone brand agar, or are you using like? Like chemistry, like brand agar, like uh, it's actual just some, pure agar. It's that Fit Lane brand off of Amazon. I don't know. It's just agar. So, agar. so it's like it's it's like pharmaceutical grade. Then at that point, if it's not telephone brand, I consider like food grade. And then like anything else that you buy that's going to come in like actual 
container instead of a little pouch from behind like some hookahs is going to be like pharmaceutical grade. Okay. So yeah, it'll have a lower melting point. So it, it'll probably 165, 170. It'll yeah, I was going to say that, that sounds better. Yeah. All right. Well, that's, I, I totally forgot about that. I've heard about that before and I've just never done it. So that's good. I do it to clean them out, like clean out my flasks. Because I'll, I'll boil a little bit of water and dump them in the hot water for a while instead of trying to chase and scrub it all out. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I just, I, I don't even have those, uh, what do you call those, those media bottles? I don't even have any of those. I just use mason jars. Dude, I just use oh. corn jars. Mason yeah, jars are great. I use Elemeyer flasks just because I like the big flat solid bottom of them. I yeah. can, you can set them anywhere. Um, and the little neck is nice to hold on to. Uh, but other than that, I mean, I just use the one liter Elemeyer flask. Uh, they're cheap as shit here locally. I think I pay seven bucks for a big ass Elemeyer flask. You can, so, get, you can get a decent one for like freaking eighteen dollars on Amazon. I think. Yeah, yeah, you know, locally they're so cheap. Yeah, that's. I mean, that's the reason. Like, I try to, you know, at this point, the last year or so, I've just tried to do it, find everything as cheaply as possible, and um, that's, you know, I've been pretty much pretty broke man i got three kids <laughs> so yeah. um yeah so i've just been using core jars but you know we just you know taxes just came back and i got myself some nice media bottles coming if you're getting media bottles i need media bottles yeah right? they're pretty nice the media yeah. bottles really last a long time i think the first media bottle i ever used was a a glass water, like I bought like one fancy gas station and it was like a glass, I bought it specifically because it was a glass bottle and I used that for years. Yeah. It, yeah, it worked fine. Until one day like the bottom just broke out of it. It wasn't, you know, it's glass. It's not heat resistant. It's designed to hold water. Right. It just eventually died. Yeah, you know those, uh, you know those apple cider vinegar jars? I was using that yeah. for about for maybe about six months, and the bottom just blew out of that last time. Right? Yeah, maybe a couple of weeks ago. So, did, you, did you put it in the pressure cooker uh, cold when you, into the steam? And no, I always pour I always pour the the um, agar when it's hot. Man, it's going to be hard to transition the way I say agar. I guess we can all just say it different, right? Yeah. You can <laughs> say however you want. Say it, like, they don't use it that way. Agar, agar, doesn't matter. I call it a jar. Yeah, a jar. Jar. <laughs> jar. That's the French version. It's fancy. Uh, damn French surrender monkeys. <laughs> How did I know you'd come up with something inappropriate, man? I've heard the whole hands up joke. <laughs> So how long well, you were doing it for a year? You said for uh, the actives before you went. Yeah. For me. Yeah. So actives for about that long, and then, you know, I was I just groomed for myself, and um, I wanted to microdose, and I I did for a long, you know, a good long time, and then maybe like for a year, then I stopped for a while, and I started microdosing again, and uh, that's what that was recently. That's like since I got back into them. What but, kind of schedule were you doing? Uh, I tried, you know, there's, there's all the, what is it? Rick Strassman, Stamets, they all have different recommendations. So I tried both of theirs and, at the uh, same time, <laughs> right? <laughs> yeah. So every, every single day, seven days a week, but no, not really. So, uh, 
I tried both of their their recommendations, and then uh, I just kind of fucked around until I felt like it worked well. And uh, now I do three 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 days on, one day off, and just keep that going steady. And it actually, it's been the best yet. Keeps you in your happy space. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's kind of works for your body chemistry. Right. Everybody's different. Yeah, yeah. The, the other one, like, I think Stamets was four days on, three days off, and. That one, I don't know why. He stacks like, lion's mane and shit with it too, doesn't he? And niacin, yeah, and a whole bunch of yeah, niacin to block any kind of whatever. I, he has his whole reason for all that, but um, lion's mane, of course, is great with it. I don't, I've never tried anything with niacin, um, at least on purpose. <laughs> you never know when the shit's cut with, <laughs> right? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so, so, what got you yeah. into gourmets? Um. Well, pretty much when I stopped that, I, you know, I, I, I'm a real big, uh, I love the occult and stuff. So I'm, I've, I'm a huge Alistair Crowley fan and, uh, some other things like that, but I really got into that and I was kind of like focusing on this spiritual life and whatnot, but, uh, that just kind of put me into a pretty depressed state the further I got into it. I mean, it's so there's you could spend a lifetime reading all of his stuff and sounds like a hobbit extent to keep up with if you're making you depressed yeah (laughs) yeah i think that's probably the goal of anything you know crowley anything crowley is kind of it's kind of a downhill slippery slope it is but you you know it's there's like this there's like this regimen you can follow and there's it's a you know there's different schools and orders and this and that so whatever that all, all that like it's great i learned so much from it but at the same time, I, I just got to step back, just like anything else, step back for a while and let that sit. So it's like classes, like you be classes, like you're like purple dragon and shit or. No, no, they do. There's like uh, there's like the, his whole order was the AA, which was like his uh, lineage from him. He And he would teach somebody and then that person would teach somebody. And but you follow you follow uh, different. What do you call it? Different grades within the order. So. Or within the sounds like a fucking Jedi. (laughs) Yeah, man. If any, if any true members of the AA heard me talking about this, they would think I'm a fucking idiot. (laughs) Because, but they're all a lot of them are super self righteous anyway. So fuck them. But uh, you mean? Right. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. Just like Shroomery, but in the uh, the occult world. So. so basically, we need better after, organization for our cult because I mean, we don't even have like principles, <laughs> <laughs> principles, morals, you know. Yeah, yeah, we have none yeah, of but, those. You know, it, you, you go with the flow. I mean, I think you know the whole FAFO thing is, it's like it's it pretty much is the most natural form of of anything, man. It's if you are constantly reinventing and reinventing and then taking steps back, reinventing. That's that's as natural as it gets. It's the ebb and flow, yeah, right? We really, we really encourage people to experiment. Uh, it doesn't matter if you've done something the same way three million times. Try it a different way. See what happens. Like the worst thing that happens is you yeah. fail, and yeah, even yeah. in failing, <laughs> right there, even in failing, <laughs> you put a cookie in your mouth, like my daughter just did. You learn something. Uh, so yep. it's it's always a good thing to and experiment and people just get this in their head and they're taught from school you can only do something one way and that's the only right way to do it and it's no 
there's a billion right ways to get to the same destination. And if it requires you to do a couple of extra steps for no fucking reason, do them. I do. I make. There's some stuff that I make. Like my liquid culture is way overly freaking complex for no other reason than I enjoy the process. Yeah, that's it. I can make it super simple, but fuck it. I have to add all sorts of straining steps and pouring shit from one thing to another. Got a whole mad scientist looking setup to make. There's mantras and candles. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Sacrifice a goat, you know, like the whole nine yards. And it's just because it's fun. I like enjoy the process. Like if if it, and that's what works for me. And that's that's why I still prepare my grains the same way. You know, I could the whole no soak, no simmer thing. Everybody loves that. There's you know other soaking overnight in a bucket or whatever, and you don't have to worry about it. But I actually like boiling boiling them in the uh, you know in a big pot. Getting them, pouring them all out on a screen, and you know, don't be stealing my shit. <laughs> What's that? Don't be stealing my shit. <laughs> <laughs> I saw that you did that the other day. I'm like, man, I do that exact thing. I have a couple old screens. I just throw them right over the sink. Yeah. I ferment everything because I like to wake up those endospores and then kill them. Yeah, so, uh, like that. Yeah. Hey, I let me ask you this, man. Let me ask you this. So yeah. when I was doing the gourmets, the whole uh, spit in the bucket thing. Yeah, it works. Yeah, I I did it with oats, yep. and I I pour them in the bucket, spit in it, open it the next day, it'd be all bubbly, and uh, that means they're fermenting, right? You woke them up. Yeah, yeah. You didn't need to spit in there. You could, there's plenty of yeast <laughs> just on the grain, but uh, that the guy that uh, Mossy Creek was the guy who was showing everybody a video of spitting in the bucket. Yeah, exactly. And, yeah. Uh, yeah, I can even picture that exact what he was even wearing at the time when he spit in the bucket. But uh, this is very iconic. Everybody's like, oh, I got spit in the bucket. I'm like, go for it, bro. But that's not necessary. What you Yeah, your spit in the bucket is just adding more bacteria and not uh-huh. necessarily more, more uh, yeast, which you're already on the grain. Um, yeah, you're not going to end up with any sort of bad anything happening from spitting in the bucket because you're going to sterilize it anyway. Uh, chlamydia. Human, yeah, human right. mouths are pretty damn dirty. Like, really, really terrible. So maybe so, it's just like a, it, it's just a useful for the sign of like, all right, fuck it, I'm done. You know, like one last little, like, like you spit on the ground after you accomplish something. Yeah, I mean, you don't need a, <laughs> yeah, you don't need a freaking hakaluga in there. I, mean, I, I strongly suggest people don't. That's disgusting. But yeah. uh, what they're just doing is adding some saliva to the bucket is just inoculating the bucket. Uh, I've done it many, many times where I'll just take like a little bread yeast and throw it in there if I want to speed it the hell up and have a yeast cake on the bottom. So yeah. you'll end up, if you add just a pinch of bread yeast to it or a packet of bread yeast to it, I mean, those are like a do- less than a dollar a piece, you'll end up with a yeast cake, like a legitimate yeast cake on the bottom. And I like to mix that back into the grain. I pour it off because it sticks to the bottom of the bucket, right? Mm-hmm. So I'll pour off the grain and then I'll take that yeast cake with like a spatula and mix it up and then pour it over the top of the grain again because I want all that yeast in there. So when I pressure cook, it dies and it might as well just be adding nutritional yeast right to my grain that way. But for free. Just made that up off the cuff this very second. <laughs> no, that's like you ferment everything. I ferment, big, big proponent of fermenting everything. Oh, I ferment. It's definitely the fucking, it's definitely, you'll definitely see a difference. Yeah, yeah, big difference. The bioavailability of 
anything fermented is is quite a bit higher. You've got a lot of it adds a lot of vitamins to things if you add, because you can look into fermented foods for humans. Yeah, anyway. it adds a lot of that's enough. It adds a lot of A vitamins and you know, man, it makes the availability of D three. Yeah, it's basically like you're making your own peptone. You know, it's yeah, yeah. very very similar. Which is that in the east? Yeah, and the yeast cake back to it. It's just dead, dead bodies. Yeah. More dead bodies, the better. Yeah. <laughs> That's why you throw the grasshoppers in there, huh? I don't throw them in there. I just don't clean them out. Fine? Yeah, you leave I'm, them. <laughs> yeah, I'm not, I'm not. I'm not going out there with like a butterfly net catching animals and going, "Ha ha ha!" You're about to fucking die. Yeah. That's I a just, Chinese. Uh, you're my green spot. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I just don't. Uh, I just don't fish out all the other dead stuff. Um, yeah. I do like whatever floats to the surface. I find that like the grains that like have ergo or how do you say ergot? Ergot. Ergo, whatever. Yeah, those ones will float to the surface. And I do scrape that stuff off and chuck it over the just into the grass. Yeah. Um, yeah. But uh, yeah. And then like there'll be some other little random stuff that floats to the surface. But if it doesn't float to the surface in the first two seconds of me stirring it, it's going right in the grain spawn. Yeah, but. Hmm. nice. Hey, speaking of ergot or ergo or however you say it, uh, there's this guy who's been looking around at, you know, I told you I'm into some of the ancient mysteries, man. Nice, <laughs> so nice. anyway, there, there's this guy that's uh, been looking into ancient cultures and with modern testing, they can actually scrape some of this pottery and see what the last drinks or food that were in these bowls and his, he's been convinced that the Eleusinian mysteries were straight up. Uh, they were they were drinking ergot. That's what it came down to because they made their own beer. You know, the barley and ergot kind of grows oh, yeah. or whatever. And uh, and they were so. His idea was that you know they actually had some psychotropic activity going on in their beer, and he dug and dug and got access to the Vatican and all this. And ended up coming up with at least one sample from one ancient culture in that area where there were ergot, there was ergot or ergo within the uh, the remnants of that that pottery. That stuff doesn't play, man. Like if you look at the acute poisonings from that, like it, parts of your body will just lose blood flow, right? So mm-hmm. it's like you could you could be just like, oh, I'm just fine. I eat my moldy ass bread, and then like your hand just. It, it feels like you're having a stroke in your hand because just for some reason it causes vascular, widespread vascular constriction, but right. usually peripheral. So, like, you'll lose toes. It'll just, ah, that left pinky toe, fuck Ooh. that one. It just cuts the blood supply off to it, and it'll rot off and die. So that's what they were, huh. like, if you look at the Salem witch trials, they were trying to say that a lot of that might have been brought up by, by the eating ergo too. or ergo. They were paralyzed um, pretty much. They would have paralyzed symptoms. Their fingertips would turn black. You know, their nose might turn black. Uh, they would have hallucinations. Yeah. And so, like, you're like, that's a witch. You're like, uh, she needs medical attention, bro. But look, right. <laughs> yeah. That's the cleanest medical, the most sanitary medical uh, practice they had back then. Burn them at the stake. Fly fire. Yeah. <laughs> oh, if Jesus. it doesn't float, Tie a rock to her. If she floats, she's she's a she's a witch. If she sinks, she's forgiven. It's like fucked either way, right? Right. (laughs) 
That was appropriately timed, Tiny. It's a good yes. job. Most definitely. So yeah, it's, uh, it's pretty neat. You want me to get back to that story? Yeah, go for yeah, it, brother. All right. It's your, all right. it's your podcast. All right. <laughs> yeah, it's mine. All right. Uh, so when I after the after the um, you know basically going through those phases or whatever, I started like you know paying attention to uh, some of the the algorithms on YouTube, and they were showing me different Southwest mushrooms videos, which I had seen a few of his when I was just learning mushrooms in the first place, and then Mossy Creek and. Uh, all the other, all the other guys, Eric Myers and all them. And, um, I really got into the, you know, I was a vegetarian at the time and I was looking for other foods to. Of everything everybody I, said on this podcast, that's the first thing the Deadpool goes, ew, to. Like, <laughs> yeah. yeah, no, it was horrible, man. I was withering away. I mean, I had done it before and this time I, I thought I could do it better, but it got to the point where, you know, with the kids and stuff, I, I wasn't making anything healthy for myself. So basically being a vegetarian to, to die slowly because you can't live on pasta. And that's pretty much what I end up eating half the time. You know what I mean? So, uh, I started eating meat again anyway, but yeah, at the time I was looking for other food to eat. So I was like, shit, I gotta grow some of these gourmets. I haven't done it yet. So I got to do it. So I, I, uh, bought some cultures online and started growing them in my basement i was doing it on beet pulp pellets and wood pellets and it worked a little bit but those beet pulps are pretty terrible overall i wouldn't recommend it people say they're fine but they didn't work for me <laughs> i mean the thing, yeah things grew i mean i have never I had tried them either yeah I've that's fancy Oysters and uh, yeah. Racy actually did pretty well on them, which is weird. Racy doesn't but, give a shit. It's yeah. like the Oysters. honey badger, fucking. That's, yeah, yeah, that's why. <laughs> Racy will eat your freaking drywall paper in your house if you let it. Yeah, it's, that shit doesn't play, man. It, it'll eat I'm training, anything. I'm training it to eat fingers. Nice. No, don't don't teach mushrooms to eat people. We watch Last of Us together <laughs> as a group. Don't let's not do this. But, but right, yeah, Rachel's no, great. and like that that stuff. When you go to, you know, I was doing it in bags, of course, but uh, when you go to throw those out, it's like throwing away straight up like leather. I mean, it's solid. That stuff, you can hardly rip it if it's growing oh. up the sides of the bag. Oh, yeah. You know? You can, yeah, you can dehydrate that, all of that, and, and powder it. It works fine. Oh, yeah. I got bags. Yeah, of that all stuff. that leathery crap. Yeah, <laughs> it works great. I never yeah. even do grain spawn for ratio. I just inject it straight into the substrate, just straight in. Really? I don't I don't do yeah, fuck it. There's no reason. Ratio don't give a shit. It doesn't yeah. care. All you're doing by it injecting like Yeah, if you're doing a liquid culture and you just inject it straight into the bag with ratio, all you're doing is delaying the fruiting by maybe a week. Because it grows. It's so aggressive in in like wood pellet and the the seventy thirty that we do. The seventy percent uh, hardwood pellets and the thirty percent alfalfa pellets with a little erythritol in there. It's mm -hmm. so aggressive in growing in that that you're only del delaying the fruiting by like a week. So you don't even need to do grain spawn. You can do three hundred blocks in, in an hour. Just just go down the line and inject them. Huh? I'll have to try that next time. Uh there's a racy for you guys before it starts fruiting. I mean, you'll see like the growth coming up the bag. It'll form like a little 
like bowl almost in the center that. before any fruits right. come up. But yeah, it'll go right up and it won't, it won't open up until it hits uh, the, the filter tag. Yeah, like I that must be it because I I uh, did it always. I always did it in vitro, and it was like the fruits took forever before you'd actually see like the antlers coming up. That's the kind I was growing with some antlers. Oh. They're the only they're, they're all the same. The ratio is all the same. Hey, the only difference between the two is is the amount of carbon dioxide. That's it. So if you have a high carbon dioxide, you get antlers. If you have a low carbon dioxide, you get the big uh, fern gully looking. The conch. <laughs> yeah, the big conchs. That, that's all. And yeah. you can get it to fruit any way you want um, by doing that. I, I've seen people use fancy tents and dry ice to get the, the, the carbon dioxide up to get these big, you know, like 12-inch tall antlers. Um, but not necessary. Not necessary. It, it's, yeah. I've always just waited until the block looked like crap and has a bunch of, like, mic piss all over it and then just cut an X somewhere and just let it go to town. Yeah, like, it it's the most like um, contamination resistant stuff too. It'll you can have trick on it. You just hit the damn thing, the spot with blow the torch. blow torch, <laughs> and it grows. It's like, oh really? Challenge accepted and grows right back through the blowtorch area. Nice. Like, yeah. it, does, it does not care. It doesn't. Yeah, that stuff is crazy, man. I mean, it'll it'll colonize a bag in days. You know, a couple oh, days. Have you ever seen days. it drop spores? So I know it's super fast. I mean, I've seen the spores. I've never seen it drop them. <laughs> yeah. Well, no, they end up on top. Yeah. Yeah. They just like, just like elevator out the top of the freaking cock. And it's like, you so thick, like chocolate yeah. powder spooned up on top of the damn thing. Like, it's, it's hard to get them off, too, isn't it? Oh, yeah. Now you have to rinse them off, but they're hydroscopic. So they just kind of like, they they kind of shed the water, but there's there's like if you forget, I still have to this freaking day a black plastic, um, like what do you call those shelving that is like red tinted because of the spores from a freaking ratio because it gets it gets on there and like if you it sporulates so quickly. Like you can go, hey, that conch looks really pretty. I'm gonna go to bed. And I'm gonna harvest that in the morning. You wake up in the morning and the whole fucking tent is. It looks like you took red chocolate powder and threw it everywhere. Oh, it's like, nasty. Yeah, and yeah. like it's probably the, the the biggest spore producer. Like you've seen the there's pretty famous pictures of like the Japanese or like the Chinese, uh, like where they're growing shitloads of reishi. And the whole ground is like covered in chocolate powder. Oh yeah, and then there's like that's a really good food. vitamin or something like that. I'm I'm not sure, but isn't that like really uh expensive? They actually so sell tired. capsules of the freaking spores because you can just scrape yep. pounds of it off the top yeah. of the mushrooms. That fresh so, cap dude did a video on that. That was really cool, man. To see them, you know, to see those those little uh, greenhouses with them, and it is yeah. like it was, he showed maybe I don't know an inch thick on top. Oh, you're talking oh, about the greenhouse stupid. where they're down like aisles and they yeah. all yeah. one conch? That looks yeah, one conch, yeah. It's so cool. It's it is. is really really fun. I don't know, uh I don't think it's related to anything, is it? It's just its own damn genus all by itself. I don't think it's related to anything. Like Ganoderma. I mean, I'm, I'm sure it's related. I've to... never heard of another Ganoderma. No, there's I think there are, but I don't think they're edible or usable by people. You know, there's a 
a whole bunch of them that are that look similar, but that might just be convergent evolution. Uh, maybe turkey tail. It's kind I of a big of that, but that's a polypore. I don't know. If... Yeah, no. Yeah, maybe it's its own thing, man. But I mean, I'm telling you, it's a fun one. It's a neat <laughs> one. There's... Hey, that was intense. <laughs> yeah. So my my boys uh. While I was in here starting talking to you guys, my, my boys were down here with me and they found my uh my gel food coloring that I just got to to uh make this agar and poured it all over the, their little play table and on the floor. That's pretty awesome. Wow. Hey, that's <laughs> nice. Starting them <laughs> early. Starting them yeah, early. That's great. Yep. Right in the lab. Yep. Oh well. It's carpet's fine. It's it needs to get out of there anyway. It's well, from the color I was seeing, that was that's probably just the food stuff in the bakery aisle, right? Oh yeah, yeah. You that, gotta that try them right out. Oh, try Micah. Yeah, after after I heard you guys talking about that, I actually looked it up. I didn't realize that's the stuff they use in nail polish, huh? Yeah, well, food coloring, they use it in coloring food, nail polish, uh, cosmetics, some foods, anything like, that you want uh, to be sparkly, even paint. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, the paint, like, but it's totally edible. It's not. It's totally harmless. It's it's actually a uh, mineral, and depending yes. on how you sh- like like put it under pressure and then shear it, it depends on how it reflects light, and that's how you get color from it. It has no dye at all. It's all clear when you put it under a microscope. Right. Nice. I think I've seen it before. Actually, I was really I was kind of into that stuff when I was a little kid. It kind of it peels off in layers, doesn't it? Uh, the, the yeah, the mineral itself, yeah, yeah does does flake off in layers. Uh, my favorite brand of mica is the one called Eye Candy, and you can find it on Amazon. But it comes in some of these most beautiful, vibrant colors, including like weird stuff like glow in the dark and um, like the color changing, temperature changing type stuff. Yeah, but I've never tried growing on the temperature changing that would be pretty cool because like mushrooms do put out some heat yeah. so on your agar it'd be kind of cool to see like a bullseye coming away from it like starting like purple and like a mood ring you know oh yeah changing colors that would be cool yeah i never really cared about agar too much other than just making it i never really added any color at least with it the, the whole time i was doing gourmets and uh just recently i started you know wanting to make them look pretty so that's my goal right now you guys there absolutely yeah no oh. <laughs> you're, you're doing a really good you're doing a really great job with your with those pictures that you sent me were impressive like normally you see people who do like the gourmets and they have like oh look at my four trumpet mushrooms i got that came out the side of my bag but you've got nice big flushes um so that that's definitely props to you for that what's your favorite Thanks. gourmet to grow my favorite, as far as just eating, I would say it's the Phoenix Oyster, man. Those things are something about those. You know, just the regular brown oyster. I, um, there's different. When, when you go to the commercial cultures, they have different numbers and everything on every on all the different strains. All the different so, batches, yeah. Yeah, so the Phoenix Oyster is one I got from Maine Captain Stem. And that, uh, man, that stuff. Like just the way it cooks, it's just the the texture of it is perfect, and uh, has the best flavor out of anything. I mean, I love Lion's Mane too. That's my probably my second favorite, and uh, I don't know Lion's Mane and Trumpets are right there together. So 
I'd say Phoenix Oyster. I had a lot of pink trumpets. Pink trumpets I've had a lot of. I haven't ever tried the Phoenix Phoenix Oyster. Now I want to. Did yeah. you ever try that Black Pearl King Oyster? Oh, yeah. I sent you a picture of one of, uh, of, one of the blocks I did of those. Those are, those are incredible, too. I mean, they're... The, the funny thing about those is that they have a really... They almost have, like, a floral smell to them while they're growing. Oh, yeah. And then... Uh, <laughs> and then uh your daughter cracks me up man uh and then uh they have a really floral smell but when you cook them up they're just like trumpets to me i mean as far as the texture goes the flavor is a little different but not not crazy i like how, how aggressive they are they're the only of the gourmet mushrooms that i've seen out compete trick like oh yeah yeah i've seen them like just i've had a trick in a jar of grain spawn and I've had them just like literally just grow outgrow it. I, I never, you know, spawned the grain, but I just opened the top of it outside and let like the jar was green as grass, but it still had some wispy stuff. So I was like, yeah, I'm just gonna put the jar like in the back of the closet, see what happens in a, in a couple weeks. Yeah, and come back to it, it's solid white. And I was like, ha, huh, I'm just gonna oh, open yeah. it up outside and, and see what yeah. happens. And I just opened it up outside, left it on the back porch, and I had a bunch of freaking the. Black Pearl King oysters come out the top, so I was like, "Wow, pretty impressive, man. They're pretty strong." Oh yeah, yeah, they're intense, man. They're they're kind of like they're kind of like racy. If you expand them out in in liquid culture, it's just like, man, I I I had a bunch of liquid cultures from when I was doing the gourmets, and one of the black pearls, it was like really low nutrient, a little bit of honey in a jar with water, you know, and uh, and it sat there forever. I mixed it the first week, maybe, and. Then I hadn't touched it since I think the date on it was September, and it was still growing. Like the the ball, the blob in there was like still getting bigger, and it was out in my garage through the whole winter, like just freezing temperatures and everything. And that thing is still growing. So that stuff is resilient, man. I mean, it grows best at around fifty-five degrees. So I understand getting cold. It it didn't freeze all the way, I guess, in my garage. So it never like became a solid liquid culture block, but uh, it got. It got close to that 32 Fahrenheit, you know? No. Hey, what do you do with your spent blocks of gourmet? Because what I used to do is I'd have a, like, a, I think it was like a piece of shit, Husky brand, just plastic shelving that I put outside. And I just lined them up on there. And then whenever the lawn sprinklers would come on, it'd water them. And whenever it rained, it would water them. And I'd still get flushes, like, months later. Oh, totally. They'll just keep going. I mean... I have some out there from when I first started that if, uh, well, maybe not that early, I guess maybe halfway through my run. So that they're probably, you know, getting close that this, uh, this spring, they will be maybe a year old and there's still mushrooms coming up from the area that those spent blocks got composted in. So I just throw them out. I throw them out in a pile and I have a pile actually that's pretty trashy. That's just sitting there still in bags. (laughs) But, uh, I have a, I threw them in a big pile and they all broke down. I had ink caps grow out of the whole, the whole pile. It was crazy, man. I freaking love ink cap mushrooms. Yeah, just like, a ton of them. Not only are they tasty, but they're a lot of fun to fuck with people with. Yeah, I've heard, I've heard your stories about AA. <laughs> <laughs> That's called poisoning. Yeah, exactly. What? I don't know if I... <laughs> attempted murder. No, yeah. it wouldn't kill them. You know, sometimes oh, I, not, I listen to you. dehydration. <laughs> sometimes I listen to you guys, and I'm like, "Man, 
you know, if I like got into Farrell's head, maybe for about five minutes, I might have to go in a straight jacket when I got out. You might actually know. kill yourself. <laughs> <laughs> I have a lot of fun. I'm not yeah. that crazy. Jesus. I don't know. Right. My wife's looking at me funny. Right. Because she's about to stab you. She's well. the one that's stabby, not me. <laughs> Yeah, I blame her. So, yes, I'm gonna keep that. I'm gonna keep that story going. So after the, uh, I don't get to tell this often, so I just feel kind of, I feel pretty happy to tell you guys. You know, <laughs> so uh, everybody I talk to out here in the, you know, the, uh, you know, in the middle of nowhere, everybody I talk to about it, they're like, oh, okay, you mean like, uh, you mean like those ones that go on my steak at Applebee's? I'm like, yeah, those ones. <laughs> you know what I mean? But anyway, uh, so when I started getting into those gourmets, I really get, got into it. I tend to obsess, like I think a lot of us do that are in the community. And uh, I watched every video I could and uh, finally and started growing them more and more in my basement. And then I wanted to automate it because at that time I was just spraying them and fanning them every now and then, but just leaving them on racks with slits in the bags, you know. And um, I decided I wanted to actually start a little company and try to sell to the very few restaurants out here. That so works. I I, yeah. So I don't know. I think I just went in over my head, to be honest. But uh, start I, small. Yeah, I took out yeah, you've got some, a... of my, some of my retirement and bought all the automation Ooh. stuff, foggers, fans. Uh, I got a flow hood. Which I don't think it was. I don't think at the time the flow hood. I I don't regret that at all, man. That thing is awesome. Oh no. But, uh, or the filter fan, but you know, um, yeah. So there, and I started an LLC and everything. So I was like, I got a couple of restaurants out here to buy, and I was providing a little bit every week, not a ton. <clears throat> I, you know, I was working night shift, twelve hour shifts on nights, so it was tough to get up and deliver, and then you know go to work or whatever. It. It just threw me through a loop, man. I I guess I should have just listened to my wife. <laughs> Wait until well, mushrooms are really hard to they're really hard to grow without them pulsing, right? So it's really hard to have like a steady supply of them unless you're growing four or five times like the amount that you think you need. Because yeah. they're kind of a pulse thing where one day you have a just you're covered up with them and you might be a Tuesday and you're supposed to deliver shit on Friday, right? Yep. So you're just Tuesday. You have buckets and buckets and buckets of mushrooms, and Friday you have shit. Exactly. So you've got to, you've got to, yeah, you've got to have a uh, like a co-op type thing going on where you have a dedicated group of people on a Facebook or something like, hey, I have oysters right now. Come get them. Yeah. Um, I did that a little bit. Yeah, I did that. And then you have to have, you know, set your blocks aside that are going to be the ones you feed the restaurants. But you need to make like four or five times what you think you need to exactly. be able to supply restaurants. Oh, yeah, man. It's I had pain to, in the ass. I had to compost so many of them. And I, I tried giving them away. I tried drying them. I was I bought a refrigerator just to, on the marketplace or whatever. I bought a refrigerator and, you know, was keeping them in there. Because I my, my whole deal was like, you know, if they were two, three days in the fridge, they could still go to the restaurants. 
but anything beyond two, three days, and that's only for certain strains, man. Like you can only do that for a couple. Um, then I wouldn't, I wouldn't sell them to them. So I'd have, I just had these mushrooms. Sometimes I get so many. And when I first started, I, I did 40 blocks just to try out my, my, uh, atmospheric pasteurizer. And, uh, that was, that was, that was fucking stupid, man. <laughs> uh, so yeah, 40 blocks of 10, 10 pound blocks. And I probably, I don't even know how many pounds of mushrooms came from that. And I was giving them away, bringing them to the restaurants. There's this little store that sells local, local, um, food from around the area and they were selling them, but I just couldn't get rid of enough. So I had, I probably composted that whole summer, maybe like a hundred, 150 pounds of mushrooms. Dude. It was terrible. So what I've found, what I've found is that making value added products out of your mushrooms is much better than actually selling the mushroom. Does that make sense? Like making dried mushrooms and selling those is worth more than the actual like fresh mushroom. Or yeah. like dried lion's mane, like powder, and selling that is I worth can't more than how the expensive lion. that is. Yeah, yeah, it is really expensive. That's, I mean, there's there's imitations for sure, but you know, the stuff that's that's probably the best is definitely expensive. But you know, I, I think about other people. A lot of people do supplements nowadays. Anyway, they do their, you know, their pre workout stuff or their shakes, and everyone has those mobile blenders. So what's another, that's why it works so well, you know, charging the 30, 40 bucks for a bottle of capsules of lion's mane powder when, you know, I don't know all the details, but I, I, from what I gather, concentrates of lion's mane are like the most effective. I don't know if that's true. That's just what, you know, some of the people I've followed for a few years go by and, you know. Yeah, yeah, they're doing that extractions and double extractions and all sorts of fun stuff like that and some of them are grinding up the goddamn mycelium and selling this freaking lion's mane right yeah that's... With, the, with the soil and everything in it yeah not that's a fan it. of that yeah that's, that's dishonest it totally is it's a good way to get rid of blocks i guess but that's about like it. you can you can sell your dehydrated um like gourmet mushrooms <laughs> people use them all the time for soups stews things like that and they'll hold for ever in a, in a mylar bag with an oxygen absorber yeah so i always try to come up with different ways or like like make salt out of them like where you take like your mushrooms and you put them in the salt so it yeah. flavors the salt yeah people like that too yeah i've heard about it that as well umami and stuff to it it's just so if you know, know that, that kind of stuff is it, it all takes a lot of time and that's that's where i kind of fail to equate that into the whole thing so you know that's pretty much what the demise was it's like i could not keep i could not find the time to like really keep it going even at the small level you know the demand that the only i think i had a regular 35 pounds a week for a little while and that was about it but even that with one person is who also has a full-time job is really tough to do and i knew once you get a cycle going though it'd be pretty much just you know you just have to give it like three hours every couple days yeah. Yeah. I mean, that, that is what, that is what I was doing, but it's even to do that was difficult for me. <laughs> well, he's also got kids and everything else going it's on. It's the too. kids and the night shift. Always destroying me. I didn't, you know, Dude, the night shifts are, I'm pretty nocturnal just because of my job. And, uh, 
being awake during the day, man. I don't get sleepy until like nine or ten a.m. And then yeah. I'm just done. Like I have to. I'll fall asleep at the keyboard. Oh yeah. So, yeah. yeah. It's very oh, difficult with night shift. Yeah, it is. But you know, I love I love gourmets and like I love the experience. Like, I got. I learned so many valuable lessons and everything. So, I you know I've really. At the point I'm at now, you know, back to actives, I'm like really excited to to try, you know, just to see what's happening. Like, I've had a couple. I grew a couple tubs and bags so far, but um, they were just they were just like from an old spore print from my earlier grows of B positive. So uh, those are done, and I got I think I have about ten bags of a bunch of different strains now, or varieties or whatever. So I'm just excited. Oh, there's to get so much it. stuff. There's so much, so many different strains coming out every day. Yeah, it's just changing. Like every everyone's got, doing crosses now. Oh, it's oh cool. yeah. Like, look at the weird ass shit that Trim just grew. That thing's cool as hell. Oh, those rusty, whatever rusty looking things. They look. Yeah, like, they, I don't. Look they look like uh, what is it? Uh, stormtroopers at first. <clears throat> yeah, but now they're long as hell, and they're not. The the uh, the stems are freaking thin as hell. They look yeah. awesome. Yeah, they do. They're totally. cool. He was just showing that they were like they were like uh, staining kind of green, which was really pretty cool. Really, <laughs> yeah. Well, you couldn't enjoy that then. <laughs> no, he can't see it. Now that's why he posted the picture. He's like, "Are these staining?" <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he can't see it. I got this. Uh, I got this homestead Melmac culture from way back when I, you know, I did my first bag rows in the past. I only did a few of them at that time, but I say way back, but it really 2020 was when I started, so it's not that long. <laughs> but uh, yeah, this Melmite culture and these things were just monstrous, man. Like, you know, I got from Spore, I got um, 107 gram fruit from one of the bags. So I cloned that and then never grew it out. And I actually found the, the plate in the fridge when I got back into growing the actives again recently. And uh, and tried to revive it and it came right to life and like i have four bags of it growing right now just to see what what comes out was your if you yeah as long as the plate's still like wet not dry as a cracker yeah it'll uh it'll work just fine yeah it wasn't pinning or anything on it and but it had uh there's a little bit of bacteria that that grew on one side of it so i just cleaned it and cleaned it and uh used water agar for the first time and cleaned it up and then uh put it on a new plate and it, it just grew out beautifully, man. I have a good picture of it. I could, I'll send you guys. What's your agar recipe? Uh, right now I'm using, I'm just using um, malt yeast agar. And uh, I was just, I was actually early on, I was using potato flakes, the po potato flakes and uh, agar and a little bit of sugar. And then, uh, yeah, so now I'm strictly MYA for the moment. Because I'm trying different different uh, amounts of each of the ingredients. So tonight I made eight. What was it? Eight, uh, seven grams of light malt extract and ten grams of agar and uh, what was it? One gram of nutritional yeast. I did. I, I've done eight. I've done ten. One of my old recipes said fifteen grams of light malt extract, but I did that recently and it didn't do anything. That's a lot. Yeah, I yeah. didn't didn't make any difference anyway yeah, yeah. I, I find that you don't i it's a bad idea to keep jumping around 
only because when you have your own genetics and you're taking clones, you're taking prints of stuff that you've actually grown out. Yeah. It's actually learning to eat your agar. Yeah. Your great. So the more you go, the more flushes you do and the more rounds you go through, it's actually adjusted itself for your lab. But if you keep jumping all over the place, I mean, it's, you can't, you're not going to get as far ahead as you could have. Same with your substrate. If you just grow the same thing over and over again on the same substrate, every flush is going to get better. But just, yeah. just cause it learns to right. utilize everything in your substrate. Right. Yeah. That's, that's a great point. You know, I had, I had a bunch of plates that I did transfers to that were, I think, less nutrients. And I never thought of nutrients that much, man, it's, especially with the gourmets. It's like I just did potato or PDA for all the, all the uh, plates. And, uh, gourmets are pretty – they've been very domesticated. The only one that's still not domesticated, I think, that acts like a wild mushroom is going to be your ratio. Everything else is – been so domesticated that like it's changed colors completely right or it's changed shape completely like the chihuahuas are freaking mushrooms you can't just throw them out there in the wild they need to be babied a little bit yeah so, i think that growing gourmet is more challenging than growing actives just because you know you have to the, the substrate is the food and um, people don't yep. you know, have to kind of switch their thinking around like you don't need to spawn one to one or two to one or whatever with your gourmet. All you need to do no. is have enough grain in there to distribute the mycelium. Now I grow actives like I grew gourmet. I make a very nutritional substrate and I just use the grain to to distribute the mycelium through the substrate and I have the 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 actual psilocybin mushrooms eating my substrate instead of just fruiting off of the grain. Yeah. Right? That's the forest floor. Yeah, it's yeah, the forest. It's the forest floor. Son of a. <laughs> <laughs> he hates it that it's so well known. He hates I'm it. PG man, that's you know, it's what I have. I have a huge bag of vermiculite from way back, and um, you know, coca coir is easy to come upon. So I just use that. I don't even know if the gypsum's necessary, really, but I throw a handful in. It's good it. for pH regulation and some calcium. It's not going to hurt anything at all. Yeah. You, uh, I, I've used a just shitty, like, organic uh, potting soil mix and thrown a couple of additives in there and some long clippings and made something similar to a bastardized forest floor that freaking rocks. Like, it works great. Nice. Um, and it, I think it cost me, like, $7 to make seven cubic feet of it. So it was cheaper than any other way I've ever made substrate before. Nice, yeah. yeah I didn't with substrates. I haven't really, I haven't really fucked around a whole lot. I just, you know, I've stuck to like what has worked. But also, I've only, like I said, I've only been doing all of this for maybe a little over three years. So not even three years. Um, you need to so, play around with substrate. It's a lot of fun, and it's a oh, deep yeah. ass rabbit hole. I bet <laughs> that, that, that is a huge rabbit hole. Yes, yeah, it's it a big rabbit hole. I can see. And you'll that. make you'll, you'll make fucking enemies too. People freaking hate like challenging their ideals online. Yeah, but uh, yeah, I've seen. I've it. gotten in <laughs> quite a few fights where I'm like, CVG is boring. Try something different. And yeah. people are like it's the God's way. You know, <laughs> it's like yeah. it's, I've even sent him hate mine myself. Yeah, 
yeah there's there's no uh my mycological dogma man i've learned that for sure i mean there's so many ways to do things that work and you know like some of the stuff i've, I've heard you guys talk about and other people like they just i mean there's so many ways they'll grow on anything they grow in nature but um you know if you're just wanting something tried and true to to really get going you know stick to those for sure right but yeah i'm sure i'm gonna get bored because i get bored with stuff pretty easy so i'll start messing around a lot more uh in the future for sure like i I messed around with my grains quite a bit recently because with uh with the actives i i only ever use popcorn brown rice and uh what do you call it uh oats but uh recently i went back to popcorn and i like it but i always had the biggest flushes it seemed like back in the day when i used popcorn but um i've always wanted to try millet so i finally went and got some millet at the feed mill and it's great so far man it just the way the yeah you know just a regular old plate that's not too rhizomorphic or anything like that you know uh it it came out looking totally ropey and everything in this new jar, so I'm digging it. Nice. Yeah. I, I'm kind of I kind of stick to oats just because it's it's widely available here and cheap. I'm not yeah. in a real big grain growing area, so I'm kind of stuck where I'm in a like a textile and meat area, not a grain area. Yeah. So. uh it's kind of difficult to get all these. I hear people talk about, oh, man, I got a 50-pound bag of millet for, like, 14 bucks. I'm like, what the fuck? If I tried to go do that, it's like 50 bucks for, a, you know, a 50-pound bag. Right after man, a special order it. Yeah, I'm in a I'm in a grain, you know, pretty grain growth, uh, a lot of grain growth in this area. And still, millet was $29 for that bag. But wow. they had... They had Milo for eighteen bucks. So next time I'm going to try. And that's you know uh, oats out here even are they're like twenty six bucks for a for a fifty pound bag. That's that's tractor supply at the. Oh, that, that sounds familiar. That's what I pay. <laughs> right, <laughs> but at, no, they might be a little bit less, but still, that Milo man, I love the color of it for one. Is that and, the uh, red Milo? I, yeah, I'm going to try it now. All right, so be very careful and read the tag. Because some of that stuff is treated. Um, right, yeah, you got to get the bird stuff, right? Well, the- you, you can get the, you can get just the feed red Milo. You know what I found works really well that people fucking hate me for? What's the that? cheap-ass tractor supply chicken scratch. Works great. It's oh, like yeah. 75, it's like 75% freaking Milo and 25% cracked corn. And, okay. and it's got millet, Milo, and corn in it, and wheat. And that's that's pretty much it. And I'm like, well, all four of those things are, you know, things yeah. that make grain spawn out of. So I've used it. Uh, you just can't cook it for a long time, or the the cracked corn turns to like great jello. Yeah. yeah. So, uh, it's one of those things where and, and everything else, and there's a real small grain. So it's one of those things you just dump hot water on, right? Mm-hmm. You just, yeah, you just bring your water to boiling, and then put your grain in one pot and just pay porzies with the hot water and then leave it alone for an hour or two and it's hydrated and done. Just jar it up and you're great. Nice. Yeah, I might check that out one of these times. It's cheap. It's like $8 or so a pound. Uh, I mean, a bag here. So $8 for a 50-pound bag is pretty damn hard to beat. Yeah, you can't beat that. Even that that new uh, feed corn that a lot of people are using is is like 12 
to 15 bucks, I think, for a 50-pound bag. As long so. as it's seed corn and not deer corn. But we talked right. about this in the last uh, episode, I believe, last night. Or okay. maybe we didn't. But uh, we were talking about the difference there is the aflatoxin content. Right, if it's for some animal that humans are going to eat, it has a low aflatoxin. So if it's for your like cows or it's it's for animal feed, that. Uh, but if it's for deer corn, they there's a loophole that allows them to have like several hundred parts per billion or parts per million of aflatoxin, which does eventually build up on like the livers and the muscle tissue of the animal and can you know then be passed on to you. And mushrooms are extremely good. They're like little poison dart frog fuckers. They're super good at harvesting shit from the wild and concentrating it in their t- their tissues. So it would suck to have you eat the delicious-ass mushroom, trip your balls off, and then wake up, look in the mirror, and you're orange because you have liver failure. You know? Yeah. Yeah, that would not be good. That sounds like fun, <laughs> <Yeah>. actually. <laughs> uh, sounds like a good uh, liver. Effect. Zero out of ten. Liver failure, bad way to die. Yeah. Shit. Man, I had plenty of days waking up feeling like that. <laughs> Don't want to do that again on purpose. Yeah, so I would be careful about what you, like, heavy metals, um, stuff like that. I'd be careful about what I what I expose my growing mushrooms to. But, yeah, no, I've tried the, I tried the red, uh, Millet, I believe, I was in our group when I tried that, uh, I get sorghum. Was it sorghum that I tried? And I fucking said never again. And the Oh, that was the stuff the that you, uh, it uh, overflowed your pot. And when I oh, yeah, there. no. Jesus Christ, yeah. <laughs> well, it expanded. Like, the, 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 I think it was just the red, it's sorghum. And it smelled super sweet. Like, you know, sorghum, they make syrup out of it. Yeah. But... Uh, it expanded, like the kernels expanded at least ten times what what their size. So I dumped in probably ten pounds into a seven gallon pot, and then added water. And you know it was hot water, and went away. And I come out, it's standing like three inches above the pot, and like out all over the ground and everything. And I was like, holy shit, that's amazing. Yeah. Um, and then it it. It did not colonize well. I don't know if it was me or if I needed to wash it better or, like, period. Or if it was <laughs> treated with something. But it, it did not colonize well for me at all. Um, it took it colonized so slow. And maybe it's just not super nutrient nutritious, like, for the critters. Yeah. Um, or I, I washed all the sugars off of it. Or I don't know. I screwed it up. I imagine I screwed up because I see people run the sorghum and they run great. So yeah, it just yeah. didn't work real well for me. Yeah. It smells really good. Does it? Oh yeah. yeah. No, I was squirrels ate really well that, that week. <laughs> I had a bad batch of millet because I didn't, I didn't look up, you know, I didn't like read about like different people's texts with it or whatever. And I just went for it. Make any other grain like oats. I never washed oats, you know, I just throw them in the bucket. Um, and let them soak overnight or whatever. But uh, millet, I think you got to wash it. Because <laughs> I, I like made a batch my first night, and it was like, it just came out so sticky. I it's, think it's because they're yeah. so small that if you do leave all that dust and fucking rat shit and whatever else is in that bag, 
Yeah. It just it congeals into a fucking almost like mashed potatoes if you don't clean it up. That must have been what it was, man. Just the dirt or the dust or whatever is in there. But yeah, yeah rinse it. If you rinse them, man, they're these things like move around so smooth, just like you know, popcorn moves around in the jar really nice. Like this millet, it's like you wouldn't even know it's hydrated beside other than like the weight to it. But um yeah, it's I really like it so far, man. Have you ever added like a straw or anything like that to your uh, grape spot? Never. <gasps> Try it. I know. I heard you guys talking about the, you know, the mycelium just like shoots right through those little the shoots, man. Yeah. yeah. I, I, it, it is basically like shoots and ladders. Yeah. yeah so I had, it goes right up the next level. Yeah. I had chopped straw to mine and uh, it not only adds like air pockets that help the mycelium so it doesn't get like choked out in any one spot that i think because it adds the air pockets it keeps down on your bacteria also the straw i put it in there dry usually i mix it in with my grains dry mm. so it'll absorb any excess moisture right yeah um and man mycelium just shoots through the hollow parts of it and stuff like that it pops out a different spot so you get it it colonizes a lot faster, I found, with straw, with the chopped up straw that it does just by itself with grain. Well, shit, I could just go up the street and grab some out of one of the fields. <laughs> yeah, you might want to chop it up though yourself with some scissors. Because the chopped straw that I buy, I buy it in a bale from Tractor Supply. And I think it's like 10 bucks or so, or 12 bucks a bale. Um, and there's a shit ton in that bale. And even when, I'm, when I was like growing gourmets and everything on a huge scale, um, I still would only use like a bale every few months. Yeah. Like uh and when I was selling tons of grain spawn, I was only I was only using a bale every couple of months. Just because it really it really you only need like a two handfuls for an entire cement mixer. Nice. And you you're not just you're not adding when people get a picture, I think they're they're thinking, Oh, it's fifty fifty straw. Nah. It's maybe four or five percent straw. Yeah, so you'll get a few basically a few nice pieces in there for everything to run through and you know that in each jar or whatever yeah it, all you're doing is all you're doing is if you can see it like with your eyes somewhere in there you got plenty yeah it's just right. it just seems to work really really well i'm gonna try it out definitely yeah i'm gonna put some of that in there one of these days it works good other weird shit that i do i've had perlite but i soaked the perlite in coffee um, and then, uh, just use a, I think it's, it's a device that they use for walks to like, you know, like a Chinese cooking walk. Yeah. It's like a screen little dude. And I just use that to just pick it up out of the coffee pot, and chuck it into the, uh, grain spawn. Cause mm-hmm. the, the coffee acts like, you know, little pockets of moist coffee in there. Just really get it going. Yeah. And that perlite, they don't, mycelium doesn't really mind it. Right. It just. No, nah, it doesn't get the water from it and goes. Yeah. Yeah. I saw a perlite from my first PF tech grow. <laughs> the bag that came with the, the grow kit. <laughs> we tried to make, well, I tried to make a grain free, grain free grain spawn. Total fucking mess. Zero out of 10. Do not recommend. And here's what I did is I took perlite and <laughs> I threw it into, I threw it into my, uh, my my cement mixer because I absolutely love that thing. I try to use it for everything I can. 
And then I just gradually added little bits of water and like coffee and, you know, like nutrients and a uh, little and like cupfuls of brown rice flour. And what I ended up with was a like a like a like a hailstones, right? So there was like okay, is that little the uh, of like little fucking um like snowballs. Yeah, little snowballs where it would make like where you had the little uh you had the, the piece of perlite in the very middle and it was like a perfect little snow globe of you know packed brown rice flour on the outside. And I was like, fuck yeah, I just invented the coolest fucking thing in the entire goddamn world. This is gonna be cool. This is gonna be resistant to everything. It's gonna be sweet. Wouldn't call it nice where the fuck. Total failure. Like <laughs> uh <laughs> it just turned out though. Oh yeah, no, it was a big it was a big you know, fuck around to find out. Wouldn't call it nice where the damn total failure, abject failure. Um but now looked we know. cool, but Man, it was it, it would it, it turned it would turn bacteria on the drop of a hat. Like uh it was cool. Maybe if I did it different next time it would come out a little bit better, but man, it was a mess. Yeah. The cleanup was not fun either. That doesn't sound fun. Yeah. <laughs> the back backyard squirrels ain't good. Yeah. Damn we time's been flying by, huh? That's when you know what's good. <laughs> Yeah, I think so, man. I was like, like I don't even know when we started, but I just looked at the time. It's getting a little late. <laughs> well, you need I, to go, bud. I need to go probably pretty soon. I I hate to do that, man, because I we could probably spend like three, four hours talking. We haven't really even dove into the more of the active stuff that I'm like so stoked about right now. But um, well, what's the what's the thing you're most excited about right now, then? Oh man, it's got to be some of the genetics that i'm running what I genetics finally, gets you going yeah i got i i started when i started back i just started with like some like i said the b positive that i had prints of from way back and uh tried to started collecting a few i ordered a couple and then um just like the the new the newer stuff that like everyone's growing like jack frost and uh uh ape revert some of these other ones anyway i got a bunch of those growing and then those are kind of cool, but I didn't spend a lot of money on them. I just started them from Spore. But I actually recently got some uh, some cultures coming, so I'm pretty excited about that. I got a little, I got a nutcracker, and I am a trader. I love the trade. Oh, he'll trade you anything. He's right. a dirty, dirty hooker. Yeah. <laughs> well, hey, I'll take you up on that. <laughs> what What I do have, you have? have uh, what do you have coming that you're most excited about, as far as genetics was? Me. Yeah, uh, I think it's the this this um, <clears throat> these squats this squat culture from uh, our dude Dirty South. <laughs> I just I ordered one of his uh, KSSS squat whatever it's called. Oh yeah, those things look like so squ- badass. Every time I see them growing, yeah, and they I, do. I love the squats, man. And we tried to do the, the peyote. We were trying to get the the. The peyote cut, and the one looks like yeah, yeah. peyote. Oh, that thing's so fucking cool. Yes, it is. Absolutely. But man. did it look like peyote? I don't know what you grew. Well, then why didn't you grow it out and take more mean? pictures of it? Absolutely. Well, you know I'm a whore. That shit was up there. Tons. You even, I even sent you a plate. I probably do have it, but I like. The, I want to grow a whole tub of that shit and just look at it like that. Any little active cactuses is 
because they're adorable. It's really, really oh yeah, cute. yeah. Those those uh those peyote uh, the mushroom ones. Those ones I saw a tub. It had to be a bigger monotub some sort. But man, that thing it was like a field of brown peyote buttons. It was like it was just beautiful. I don't know why it's on the it even pinned on the plate and it looked like peyote on the plate. <laughs> oh so really? Cool. Yeah. I had a I had a tat I also got the tat some of the tat genetics. So I had a tat plate recently, just just two days ago or so, sprouted up a, a thing and it kept growing fatter and fatter, but no length to it at all. So I took that shit out of there and cloned it. So I'm gonna oh, grow yeah. that out, see what happens. <laughs> Chase that pheno. That's right, man. I want to have my own little squat. I'm not even going to put a name on it. I'll just have it and give it to people I like. <laughs> Pheno hunting is one of the best things about this hobby. And see, that's one of the things I bet you that like lawmakers and government official types don't really get is that this is a freaking hobby. For 99% of us, this is like really involves stamp collecting. <laughs> yeah. Oh, totally. I mean, it probably sounds like it. Someone talking I've got like a, I've got like a baseball card holder full of fucking sport prints. Yeah, exactly. Right, yeah. It, it, it's exactly. <laughs> it's like for for the like intelligent ADD scientifically minded people, this is no different than collecting baseball cards. Right. We like to we collect every type of sport print, every type of genetics we can. Are we turning around and selling it? No. We're usually just growing it out for ourselves to see what the hell it looks like. Take a bunch of pictures for internet points and to right. show our friends. And then we're consuming it ourselves. Like we're yeah. not, we're not out there distributing to every mom and pop on the road. It's a, uh, it's for personal freaking use, and it's not like you're running around and as an everyday get high thing. You can't. You, you build can't, up literally. so much. You literally can't. You start on day one taking a gram and feeling a little bit buzz, but on day seven, you would need 22 grams to get the same fucking buzz. Like, yep. you'd have to eat a wheelbarrow full by day 30. So it's not like you can use it every day. Like, you see people smoke weed or something where they smoke it every freaking day. You can't. Right. It's just not, it's a self regulating type drug. It, That's why I wonder about that whole, the whole legalizing it market thing. Like, kind of like, is there really a market like that? Like how how many people like you go to the the local or the the places that have legal weed, like you can go there every single day and and be happy. But like you go to a, a mushroom shop, what you buy a little bit and take some with your friends, and then you got to wait wait a couple of weeks to take more. How is that going to be? A good business model? It makes no <laughs> it's sense. not. It's it's but it's not it's not that big of a that good of a business model, and. That's why you won't see like dedicated mushroom shops. What'll happen is it'll just be like a small section of the weed shop has mushrooms. Yeah, um, so. Or like, right. yeah, because it's just one of those things that's self-regulating. You can't get fucked up on it every day. It's just not, yeah. not possible. I think this um, world will become a better place though, for sure. The, I mean, as more, as more and more people learn about them, I mean, first, you know, I'm not saying the, the legalizing will make it a better place. Like, I'm, I don't think we need to get into the whole political side and all that, but like, um, definitely, man. If the more people that find out, and even in my area, you you would come to this area and never think that people would be interested in any kind of gourmet or any kind of mushroom, other than, like I said, a, a mushroom topping at Applebee's or something. You know what I mean? But they are because it's getting that popular. You know? Oh yeah. 
it's it is it's better for the world. It's better for everything. And, and the I best love thing my- is once once you start it up and people know it's there, then they just want to try it. And then you got them coming back yeah. next week, and then you got more people. So it's just just yeah, it's continually growing. Yeah, and you and can the, you know, the neurotropic benefits are great too. Like the, the I think the big threat from the mushrooms is it's going to cut into profits of pharma pharmacy profits, right? Um, tons and like your SSRIs stuff like that that have been the main staple of uh, psychological treatments are really not going to be very popular once you get into the neurotropic benefits of the neurotropic right. benefits of like psilocybin containing mushrooms. And then once they start figuring out all the different uh, tryptophanes uh, trip, that like what all they all do and isolate those, I think it's going to be a whole new field of medicine and it's going to be great. Oh, definitely. Yeah. The, the, the whole SSRI thing is like, that to me kind of seems like the biggest benefit out of all of it with, with the actives, because I mean, I'm, I don't need to tell my whole story or anything, but like just the microdosing thing, it, it took me out of some of the darkest pits I've been in in my life, you know? So I think it, it can help people more than they even know at this point. Well, have you seen the studies that they're doing, they're doing with people with Alzheimer's and dementia? And uh, psilocybin, it's pretty cool, man. Oh, with the Johns Hopkins and all that, yeah, yeah, yeah. I've, I've read, I've kept up with some of that stuff and the MAPS organization. I think they they focus more on uh MDMA, but they're also doing the psilocybin trials. And um, yeah, the, the whole thing with mixing the lion's mane, and I didn't know they were doing it with dementia patients yet, which is awesome because yeah. I always thought, man, lion's mane and psilocybin for dementia patients makes total sense, right. They're now recommending um, prescriptions for lion's mane for people with dementia or early onset dementia. And that's actually hitting like widespread uh, news. It was in the geriatrics uh, medical uh, journal the other day. So I was like, that's pretty damn cool. Once it starts hitting the main main medical journals and starts becoming a regular thing that everybody's going to be putting out there is that, hey – Prescribed lines seeing actual physical brain changes from it. Yeah. Yeah, when you see even preventative on a graph, man, that's when it that's when it becomes real to a lot of people. Yeah, it's gonna be really neat. Well, buddy, it sounds like you probably gotta go because you got kiddos that sound hungry. <laughs> yeah, yeah, they they've been extremely good, I I would say, besides the color the uh, gel coloring on the floor, but yeah. <laughs> I figured they'd be breaking down here, like, you know, climbing all over me halfway through. But it was it was really awesome. It's been awesome talking to you guys, too. Hey, man, on, I really man. enjoyed having you on. You're going to hang out in the Discord more often, but Oh, yeah, I will. I mean, I my job is very low maintenance. So it's a lot of just babysitting a big machine. So it's really uh, that's what the I'm horse doing. squeezer. I didn't even right. give you shit for the horse squeezer. Yeah. Yeah, You're I really like, don't need to go. The, the, the opposite of the horse whisperer. <laughs> yeah. There we go. Horse. We'll just go with horse whisperer and leave it at that. <laughs> yeah. uh, now it sounds like you do something erotic. <laughs> right. Yeah, it's it's not that glorious. It's not that beautiful. Don't worry. Yeah, wait, it's not a donkey show? Wait, what? <laughs> 
<laughs> you say a donkey show? Yeah, I did. Yeah. Oh, boy. I don't have a filter. I'm sorry. No, that's no, okay. We, I'm not sorry. We'll have to go down that road next time. Maybe talk uh, about that and maybe more uh, pretty disgusting stuff. So, yes. Fantastic. Excellent. Well, we come to the end of everything, and uh, if anybody wants to get a hold of any sort of the grain spawn that we've been talking about that I personally made or that or that uh, Deadpool makes, you can always get a hold of Deadpool in our um, Discord at the Fafo Cult Discord. The link will be in the bottom of the show notes. Uh, he also has got a subshirt that's ready to go, too. If you want to cheat and not make it yourself or you're just starting out and you're looking for success, going with homemade or already made uh, professional products is a good way to go as we come to the end of every podcast as usual we try to say something nice to everybody and we're going to start traditionally with deadpool go for it, I have buddy. the best ones how about this one every dead body on mount everest was once a highly motivated person so relax stop staring at your tubs <laughs> <laughs> that's good man that's a good one. All right. Sir Jackalope. Oh, man. I thought about this earlier, and I had a couple of things that I thought would be funny. But after we talked, I think something that I should say. Let's see. I think everyone growing actives should at least try growing lion's mane once. And I know a lot of people are interested and want to. But I think you've got to bite the bullet and just do a couple bags and try it out because there's something that happens when you start growing gourmets and then you might really enjoy it so give it a shot nice yes and then for me uh i'm gonna say reach out to an elderly person in your life whether it's an elderly neighbor or somebody from a church group or anything like that a lot of the times they're a lot more lonely than you think they are. They've outlived their friends. They've outlived their family. Their only interaction, it might be the, the male guy or, or meals on wheels. You know, So reach out to them and say hi. You might have something in common with them. They might have great stories to tell you. They might you know, have spore prints. They might have spore prints. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you never know. But just be thankful for what you have every day and... Try to make somebody's life better. Once again, you can get a hold of us at our Fafo Cult Discord. Link will be in the bottom. If you want to send us money, we promise to use it for just pure debauchery, absolutely nothing good. Uh, you can get a hold of us uh, with our cash app. imagination. Dollar sign, at, uh, dollar sign Fafo Cult. And if you're going to get us on Venmo, it is going to be at Fafo Cult. If you want to go on Etsy and buy any sort of insane art that comes from our brain or the AI art generator that we use, we can go ahead and do that at fafocult.etsy.com. We appreciate you guys. We love our listeners. Hey, did you know we just picked up a bunch of uh, listeners in India and Thailand I saw since that. last awesome. episode? Like now 4% of our freaking listeners are now in India. That is cool. Hi, India. Kick that back. is super rad. Send me oh, some yeah. damn spores. <laughs> <laughs> Everybody's got spores for me. <laughs> if you're one of our listeners in Thailand or in India, come on and shoot us an email. It'll be uh, fafocult at gmail.com and tell us your experiences with psilocybin or mushroom growing and what kind of species you guys have locally. We'd love to hear from you, and we'd love to have you on uh, the show at some point because you're just completely on the other side of the world. It'd be fun to talk to you. 
And Deadpool right, would love guys. to have your spores. That Deadpool would love to have your semen, uh, spores, or I yeah, am a so. spore whore. I'm yeah. a spore whore. I'm yeah. making that shirt as soon as we get off. <laughs> spore whore. I love it. All right, guys. It's great talking to you guys. And once again, this is Sir Jackalope. You can find him in the Discord as well if you'd like to harass him or pick his brain later. Love you guys. We love all of our listeners. Thank you very much and have a great day. Peace.